Okay. I just wandered for months, killed hundreds of people in my way, and mapped huge labyrinths unknown to the civilized world. Now we're just... Now it is finally time to go home and take a nap. I just hope I didn't forget something in all my travels. I waited for months and you still didn't buy the eggs, <laughs> silly little thing. Yeah, you just turn yourself back around and don't come back this time without them. Now a podcast so grand. Whoa. So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunked most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have experience bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh, look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Meeky. It's a gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. And that is correct. This is the RPG Backtrack. This is number 163, the Elder Dead Sea Scrolls. I am your host, Phil Willis. This is your other host, Mr. Mike McGee. I'm supposed to come up with something cunning to say here, so, uh, yeah, that's all I have. Clearly, a great day. And while you might be the monarch of witty comebacks, there is only one person whose sarcasm knows no parallel, and that is Mr. Scott Wachmater. What, you mean I can't invoice the site for my booze? <gasps> oh my gosh, I totally forgot my booze. I am so going to get booze on the break here. Because, yeah, I knew I was forgetting something trying to rush down here and get here on time. But I died. Mac might actually pay you back for that if you ask nice. That should be a business expense, really. I mean, it's the cost of doing business here at the RPG Backtrack. Some of the stuff forces us to drink. Hmm. Well... We're going to find out whether or not today's game is going to force a streak because we are talking about The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind and all of its various DLC. Is this the one with the shiny horse? No, that's the next one. No. <laughs> and by the next one, the one that the show totally reviewed in the single-digit episodes. Uh, Go back to hear none of us share our thoughts about that game. Uh, well, you know what? We may we may do that eventually one day anyway, just because uh, I think more DLC has come out since then. 
And 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 so uh, today we're going to find out that Scott does indeed agree with most of the internet when when they uh, convey their feelings that the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind is the best. A lot of people think it is the best. That it started jumping the shark after this, but they he may not agree with them the way they think. So I that, agree with them grudgingly, grudgingly, grudgingly. With, with a big asterisk, big asterisks, and a long discussion about very specific turns of phrase and terminology. And we are going to have that very long discussion after we take a short break and I take a short trip to my refrigerator. We'll be right back. Yes, that sound means we have returned <laughs> as I open up a fresh can of Wasatch Brewery's finest. Of course, that can only be the Devastator Doublebach Lager. And it's going to help me, along with our f- friend Mr. Scott Wakamatura, Mike Meeky, to discuss <laughs> <laughs> the Elder. Elder, you can see we're really, we're really winding up for this one tonight. Morrowind. Uh, this was uh, boo This was released back in two thousand and two on a number of consoles. What the Xbox, the, PC, the PC, and the Xbox, and, and the Xbox. Yeah. Don't forget that. Developed by Bethesda, published by the same. <laughs> and of course, you played it on Xbox, Phil, because we know how much you love the Xbox. You know, I actually saw it. Uh, hold on, let's hold on. Let me finish this. My release mate for 2002. This is a single player action RPG. Get lost and never come back again. Experience. But yeah, I I did play it on the the PC. But I originally saw it with my friend's house when he was playing it on the Xbox. And all I can remember is how small the text was. But uh, yeah, he did play it. Maybe yeah, it was that, his television was, was small. Maybe it was a TV. No, size. no, that was a problem for a lot of RPGs on the Xbox, where they were came from teams that were really used to PCs, and it's like, yeah, no, people just sit like eighteen inches from their screen all the time. This font's great. This font's and then, great. And then when you port it, you have to stand up, walk to the screen, and be like, "All right, this is how shields work." I hope I don't get another tutorial for a while. I was enjoying sitting down. It was all part of a secret plot to get gamers out of their chairs a little bit more. A very no. cruel plot. Hmm. Well, I, I just tried to give it the best possible explanation. Now that that's been shot down, we just know it was incompetence, more or less. Yeah. Do, do you have the uh, the plot of this pretty well down, Scott? 
of Morrowind? Yes. God so, bless your heart. I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you talk, but I just gotta say, I absolutely respect any. And there's a lot of people. They're on YouTube. They'll tell you the full story from beginning to end, including all the DLC. God bless all of your hearts, because I couldn't get through the first chapter. I got lost. But go ahead. Okay. Well, so story goes that in the province of Morrowind, which is within the boundaries of the Empire of Tamriel, uh, a deity by the name of Degather has, you know, busted loose and wants to raise uh, the people of Morrowind to freedom from the Empire, and then you are some schlub who may or may not be the special, and that's actually something that I really appreciate about the game, um, is ta- our task with making that not happen. And along the way, you kind of get lost in a lot of side quests, including this whole various, the, the machinations of the various guilds of the setting, which is where most people sort of find the fun of the game. Hmm. And you'd estimate the machinations of the various guilds versus the core plot would be, I don't know, what, 2,000% more or even less? Oh, it, it is way more just running around doing things for guilds, and then eventually you're like, oh yeah, that guy, I'm going to stab him. <laughs> and then you go stab a god. It's, you know, it's a thing. Sometimes you just got to do that. I know, right? But yeah, unless it's a god like, I don't know, an ancient Sumerian shape-shifting god of some kind, then it, it generally doesn't get that much development. I know, right? Actually, this game would be like 100% better if you fought the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man at the end. <laughs> Damn you, licensing! I know, right? Yeah, who, who cares how it probably wouldn't look, wouldn't fit into the game's world? It would be awesome. Look, I'm, of course, now that I've said that, someone's going to point out there's a mod for that already. In fact, there's three. Well, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. It, it, it summarizes here in Wiki. It says, you can see if you agree with this, Scott, but it says, uh, Morrowind was designed with an open-ended, freeform style of gameplay in mind, with less emphasis on the game's main plot than its predecessors. This choice received mixed reviews in the gaming press, though such feelings were tempered by reviewers' appreciation of Morrowind's expansive and detailed game world. Okay. Wait, so, how much previous- of, how- how much of a main plot did Arena and Daggerfall have? I'm trying to remember. But that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's it, though. It's like they, Arena and Daggerfall had main plot, and you immediately lost track of it in this unending swamp of procedurally generated stuff. And what Morrowind did was pare away everything from those two games that wasn't necessary. It... And it's much better for it, and it also turned it around and actually scripted every little thing. If you know the game, you can, you know, just find the most game-breaking things within 20 minutes of the starting location, and the game doesn't care. The game, for once, the only Elder Scrolls game where it doesn't revolve around you. This is the world, and you can go run around and do things in it, but you... But things don't spin on your existence. You'll fall, you'll wander into fights you can't win. You'll find game-breaking gear. You'll cheese your way through stuff to get the game-breaking gear so that you can waltz through fights you don't win. And it's buried under a lot of very small frustrations and a terrible map that you can't really use. 
in a setting that is so alien it's obtuse, which is kind of a selling point once you get into the groove of it. And getting back to whether you're not the, you are or not the special, if you've played Skyrim, your player character is a big deal because you're Dragonborn. You are you are the blood of you are descendant of the blood of Talos and you know true emperor of Skyrim and all that jazz. And you have to stop the Draco apocalypse. And here, people ask if you're the Dragonborn. People think, yeah, no, there's a prophecy about the Dragonborn who will save Morrowind. You can say no. You can say no. I'm just some schlub who's here to stab a god. There's there's an implication that the last guy you talk to before you go stab God is Talos himself giving you his lucky coin as a sign of approval. Or maybe that's just one really nice soldier who wants to give you his lucky coin because he doesn't know what else to do in the face of doom. And then they stopped doing this. They They, they, they forgot about what made this game good immediately and we got oblivion and somehow made it even took that dumbness and made it dumber for skyrim so yeah Sid, every elder scrolls game is the worst elder scrolls game uh, and Sid, this one is the worst because they had it so close to something wonderful and they didn't stick the landing and they didn't follow through so goddamn it, Todd Howard, get off my lawn! Send all of your comments about these recent. Uh, by uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> don't drink double Bach, man! It goes straight to your head. Uh, send all your comments about Scott's feelings over to askwheels at rbgamer dot com. As is good and proper. Good day, sirs. How else are he, is he going to keep that Q and A quest going? He needs material. <laughs> yes, there you and- go. <laughs> And if somebody wants to send detailed rebuttals to Scott's arguments, that ought to keep an entire oh, right Q&A quest quarter going. Right there. Yeah, that, that's where you want to send it. Because if you send it to me, I'm just going to call you a nerd and make fun of how you your argumentation skills on Twitter. As is also good and proper. Yes. Yes. Well, let's see here. There's this, there's this RPG fan review from... It's so nice of RPG fan not to note when the review went up, isn't it? That means I just have to guess. But the reviewer saying that the graphics in Morrowind are second to none. They're the finest 3D graphics to grace my PC. Probably means it came out pretty close to the game release. Unless we still think that. I mean, it's got a good distinct art style, but I'm just thinking, okay, this is the part where we play the Wikipedia game, where we see what else came out in 2002. Nothing as good as Morrowind. (laughs) Okay, so the comparable games of 2002 would be Kingdom Hearts and the original Neverwinter Nights. I think we can throw out Kingdom Hearts right away because it had... I'm trying to picture Kingdom Hearts done in the Elder Scrolls style. That would actually be really interesting, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, I think... Same with Elder Scrolls done in Kingdom Hearts style. (laughs) Well, Kingdom Hearts has a lot of is doing a lot of work to function like 2D animation, and it's really impressive how um, the characters move in that, and how that's very specifically done to emulate um, old school Disney animation. Like the way Sora fights is basically the exact same as like uh, Donald Duck getting into an argument with a camping chair, and it's wonderful. But that's beside the point. 
it, it does look better than the original Neverwinter Nights. We'll, we'll say that. I mean... And now that I've thrown the idea out of maybe making an Elder Scrolls game in the style of Kingdom Hearts or a Kingdom Hearts game in the style of Elder Scrolls, uh, well, that's probably never going to happen, but it's an interesting... Given enough time, Disney will just keep buying things. Oh, man. If Disney, in, if Disney did a hostile takeover of Square Enix, that'd be so wonderful. It actually would, and... Yeah, I mean, they can, literally cannot do business worse than Square Enix. Disney might actually hold Square Enix developers to a timeline. Get it out. Don't sit on it for seven years. Do you want to go into any more detail about the uh, plot or the story on the expansions, maybe? Okay, well, we'll do the expansions in a minute, because I have less experience with them. But the plot is really just kind of down to all of these little factions, and they all have their interesting little side things, and they're a great um, they're a great well to fall down to, but I think it, it's hard to find a highlight, because you just bounce between them and run around, and I think it's the only time where Elder Scrolls has done anything where quest objectives are mutually exclusive, where you, you end up having forced by siding on one side, you can't do another thing. And, Which is you know, not exactly unknown in other games, but yeah, Elder Scrolls, that actually limits you a bit. Oh my goodness. And it's actually really meaningful. It says something about what you are as a character and what the direction you are taking the setting as this guy who is capable of getting things done for everyone, as opposed to, say, Skyrim, where choosing one side or the other in this civil war is about as impactful as uh, Coker or Pepsi. And about as violent. If you talk to the right people, Coke or Pepsi is pretty meaningful. I work with a guy who swears by Pepsi, spices Coke, but yeah, I take your meat. I know. Which, of course, the correct answer is Jones Soda, and we all go play. (laughs) I don't know. Unrest? Is Unrest the Jones Soda of RPGs? I am not qualified to comment yet. (laughs) Maybe Planescape Torment is is the Jones Soda of RPGs. I can agree with that. Everyone says they like it, but it doesn't really sell enough to justify its own existence. Oh, but of fish. So, let's talk then about some of the core uh, mechanics. Like, the awesome combat system. Click the thing. Maybe you hit. Maybe. There's no feedback mechanism at all. Also, I hope you clicked it for the right amount of time while holding a directional key. Or maybe you just dug into deep into the settings to use the best attack option, which they stopped doing that in Skyrim. Why is that not a button in Skyrim? I don't care. I dimly remember something like that. I I played about ten minutes of this on a friend's Xbox thirteen years ago, and I wandered around and found what I think was a bat. My memory is not great here. And I, I tried whacking at it with the Xbox controller, so of course there were fewer options, and I have no idea whether I was hitting it or not. And it was at night, too, I think. I- I'm sorry, this is just the only memory I have of the game, so it's uh, kind of imprecise. So Yeah, and maybe you whacked the guy 17 times and he had a lot of health, or maybe you're using the wrong weapon that you're not specced for, and there's no absolutely no feedback mechanism for it to let you know. So you just kind of go run around and tap the guy 17 times, or not... <laughs> There's also the last time uh, magic was worthwhile in the game in the franchise. 
Oh yeah. Well, for let me let's let me go back to to com to to physical aspect of combat. Not that the range one is much better, but yeah, my experience. So you get off the ship, you go through all the. You know, I'm really excited at the beginning because because. You get off, and you're a prisoner, and it feels very interactive. You're a prisoner on a ship. Eventually, the guard leads you off. you got to go through you know, a process and procedure, answer a bunch of questions to help make your character. Um, and I love that, that process, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get that out of the way. Um, and then suddenly you're let loose on this world where you can click on anything, talk to anybody. Awesome. Eventually, to focus on combat for a minute, eventually I got out to the wild because the first thing I want to do is I want to go kill something. You know, so as soon as I got freedom and I and I, you know, got a weapon in my hand, I went out to find something. The first thing I fought was a little slime on the ground, little worm-looking thing, and it killed me. And, and the reason why was exactly what you were saying. I wasn't sure if I was hitting or not because there's no feedback. So I was, you know, trying different directions, trying to poke it in different spots, and eventually ended up getting killed because I wasn't doing the right thing. It took numerous attempts through trial and error and reloading. To figure that out. I think later on they issued a patch that put a health bar over the enemy's head so you could at least see that you were yeah. doing some damage. Eventually. Okay, that okay, that was only like four weeks. But yeah. If you bought it on Xbox. Oh, probably took a lot longer than four weeks, I imagine. Well, I, I bet you owned an Xbox. Maybe you didn't bother to hook it up to your home Ethernet. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't have you didn't Ethernet. have Ethernet back then. <laughs> so you you might never have gotten that option. Oh my goodness, you're so right. I didn't even think about you know the bugs and the patches and and the Xbox back in those days. Not really, you know, it's not like the PS4 today that just constantly loads patches in the background. Every midnight, it just sort of turns itself on, and I have to remind myself, oh right, that thing. Yeah, I do. I do remember the original Xbox had the capability of going online within a year or less from its release, which was pretty big at the time. Yeah, but at the same time, it was not a popular feature, and patching was still not something that Microsoft was keen on supporting. No, because want, then you... they didn't want people's Mech Assault matches getting lagged out, so their network could patch the single-player games. <laughs> heck, heck no, because then you might then that might open the horrible Pandora's box that is patching Windows. Oh dear, we can't have that. Yeah, they know they know what it means to let host servers for patches and patches alone. That would get in the way of Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, I remember Halo One. It did not have any online stuff. I mean, okay, so I you 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 could also substitute my Microsoft joke with you know Crimson Skies, which is a perfectly fine. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, you, you weren't passing... There's a segment of our audience for whom those games came out when they were four. Uh, yeah, they're out there, and I'm sure they're all wondering what the hell we're talking about with consoles that weren't always online. <laughs> Did that ever happen? I don't, I don't remember anything like that. Gosh. Oh, God. They, well, even then, speaking of, even then, patching it in 2002 would have been a manual process for you on PC. Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't. I don't think. Yeah, we didn't have Steam back then, or yeah, it was in its babyhood or something. <laughs> no, it, it was. It was just a twinkle in Gaben's eyes. You, ah. you would have to. You you would have to go to the Bethesda website to download it. Yeah, yeah. You, Possibly you, over dial-up still. Yeah, I remember 2002 is when I first experienced not dial-up and went, "Whoa, this is awesome!" And now. Everybody's used to it because dial-up is dead. 
super super did. I... Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, how long how long does it take to download Morrowind now? Oh, like ten minutes. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> with all of its uh, various patches and stuff, but even the, even with the patches, I mean, I played later on too. I put this on my laptop. I took it to Ma's house a couple of years ago and put some good time into it. And other than the before mentioned life bar, there still isn't a whole lot. There's a little, there's a little something there. Maybe some blood or an explosion or like a little poof, you know, showing like there, that you've there hit. Is a slightly different metallic clunk for a hit. I remembered that. I think I switched to being a hammer guy just because the clunk was easier to notice. Hmm. So yeah, it definitely. I definitely had some issues there. What about the what about the range combat? Did you spend a lot of time with that? I did not at the time. I think um, I can't remember why. I think it was something about oh, it's because you were so pathetic with bows at the starter level. You, even if you picked an archery class, your your starting proficiency with archery, um, the arrow speed was so pathetic that you would have to lead targets by half a screen. Dang. Like, that. that's, like, I, I get that arrows are not hit-scan weapons, but give me something. I can throw rocks faster than that. Me, personally, an out-of-shape nerd, <laughs> throw rocks faster than that. Were there any magic spells that would improve the process, making them homing arrows, or were you just stuck with it? I think you were kind of stuck with it. And did you have to keep replenishing your arrows? Oh, God, yes. Okay. An arrow's weight had actual mass, so you you could theoretically over-encumber yourself and move at half speed because you were carrying too many arrows. (laughs) That does not sound like something I miss. Uh, I like that when it's optional in Fallout and they have to keep track of it, especially because they aren't particularly punishing... I know how much shotgun shells weigh in real life, and it's not what Bethesda thinks they do. But but just the idea of, oh man, I have too many arrows. I should drop, like, 20 of the worst ones. Because you did have to track what type of arrowheads you had in addition to how good your bow was. No, I think I, here. I think I did a lot of playthrough as Hammer Guy, and then I tried messing around with magic. And the spell creation is just hosey as hell, and you can have a lot of fun with it. Well, does magic count as ranged, or are we just speaking of uh, physical? Range? I'm just just the arrows. Okay. Which this game cut crossbows, which upsets some people, and I'm like, no, I'm cool with not having crossbows. What about uh, throwing javelins? No, also cut. They also cut uh, spears entirely, not just throne spears, which also upsets a segment of the Elder Scrolls fandom. And I'm like, I can see that. Yeah, I I could get it if you were like a hardcore spear guy in Daggerfall and finding out there are no spears ever. That'd be rough. (laughs) Yeah, although I'm guessing that the game doesn't control identically to Daggerfall, so you'd still have to think about it a little bit. Yeah. So magic, you. What are your, the possibilities here? So you can create spells, which yeah. involves combining various effects into one thing. 
which you can just cheese to death, and it's wonderful. I mean, I don't think in a way that the designers really expected, but, you know, floating, but the ability to launch yourself 100 feet into the air while also dropping a fireball around you at the spot you just left is great. Great. Maybe it was some kind of Dragon Ball homage. I don't know. Well, that's what it felt like to me, even in first person. Yeah, I, I felt that that was cool system. I, I mucked around with that for a while, being able to create your own spells and stuff, and that was pretty neat. That That's something I feel like that, that should be in a lot of open-world games. I like that. I like making well, my own spells. Weren't you listening, Phil? We, we know that Oblivion and Skyrim decided that this was far too awesome, so apparently it had to be neutered. I thought yeah. I thought you could do it in Oblivion, no? No. Huh, let me see here. Oblivion, make your spells. I know you couldn't do it in, at least I'm pretty darn sure I couldn't do it in Skyrim. But then oh, again, well, I didn't do anything cool with magic you, in Skyrim. You could, yeah, that was just a necessary cost for creating this immersive world. I had to take away some of your powers. Take away all of your powers. <laughs> Everything. Sit here and do what we say, Dragonborn. So I want to say in Oblivion, the key was you had to join a mage's guild or something silly I, like that. Which you can achieve which you can achieve by never doing magic not even once. Yeah, creating spells, you had to join a guild, get access to the altar. Some, some kind of, yeah, that's for an Oblivion cast, but... Yeah, regardless, it's no secret that as you go from Morrowind to Oblivion to Skyrim, they now there's two ways you can word this. You can say they streamlined it or they watered it down. That's a matter of perspective. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, a stream is pretty damn wet. <laughs> a streamline is what? Yeah, it's pretty damn wet is all I'll say. Oh, boy. Send your comments to AskWheels. That's at AskWheels on Twitter or AskWheels at RPGamer.com <laughs> for his email. Again, he ne- he needs the material. He needs the material. Uh, we do. Okay, okay. Far more than we do. Okay. There are old games coming out every day. Okay. There are old, there are old, wheels will run out of questions. All right. I know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to hit... I'm going to hit up Scott here with a bunch of cool, awesome fanboy questions, okay? okay. For Marwin. But, but dude, Marwin has like 50,212 NPCs, each one that's standing around waiting to have a unique conversation with just tons of text. I mean, isn't that awesome? And they'll look at you with that dead-eyed Bethesda stare. <laughs> well, and let's go you ahead. You can ask them for more exposition, which will be voice acted poorly. Well, I think my I problem six guys. Yeah, I think that was my problem. Was as you go around, you talk at Ew. first. Are you, what? Are you going to say that you would expect the voice acting for however many fifty thousand NPCs? To okay, be done no, by fifty thousand voice actors. I don't care about the voice acting. Okay, for a second, I'm okay with reading. But here's my problem with the NPCs. Okay. So there's all these NPCs walking around. The, the towns look pretty well populated, and it's like you can go up and talk to anyone and ask them a variety of subjects. The problem is 95% or so give you the exact effing answer for the same subjects. It's like they're carbon copies or something. Am I wrong, Scott? Yeah, they all know the same thing about Dagother. <laughs> right. It doesn't and matter. they'll phrase it the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, if you go to like the 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 you know the the guild's leader or something, he'll he'll have different subjects he can talk about. But if you go back to the same subject you've talked to other people about, he'll give you the same answers. It's a little frustrating. It, it you know it breaks that immersive. I'm in this huge world, and granted, I guess there's limitations to what they could program, but still, I, I, don't I know. text is cheap. I know. I, I agree with you, Scott. I think I, – and, and you know, I have a conclusion to this that I think you're going to agree with this at the end of all this discussion. But uh, let me see if I can give you another fanboy question. Um, oh, boy. Open world. Um, I had it on the tip of my tongue earlier. But, Scott, it's open world. So, like, I can do whatever I want. Like, when I take on Quest, I can choose not to do it. I can choose to take the Quest I have for myself and sell it. I mean, that is completely mind-blowing and worth overlooking any short-sighting or any problems you're coming up with. Look, just because you have 800 guys that will tell you to go get them egg, to go buy eggs for you doesn't mean egg-fetching is any more interesting. Furthermore, your decision points are, do I do the quest? And when do I stop doing the quest? And sometimes the choice to stop doing the quest is made by the fact that you can't find a part of your journal that tells you why you were doing this in the first place, because it's sorted chronologically. So you just kind of like, okay, so I finished that cave full of things and got this thing. Can't remember what guy that was for. Yeah, let's. I guess that's taken up inventory space forever. Yeah, let's make something clear here, boys and girls. Mara Wynn, for better or for worse, depending on, again, on your perspective, is an old school RPG, which we're all about here at the RPG Backpack, but this is almost. Well, Dare no, I it say is, it? It is an awkward pubescent period between old school and contemporary. Fair point. Where the ideas and conveniences of contemporary are beginning to blossom, but in a way that is in, in no way useful. Not in, yeah, about say almost not in this game because um, because it, it's almost as bad as what was that last <laughs> Elder Scrolls we talked about? Where you better take some notes boys and girls there there isn't there's no oblivion your quest objective is here and there and and that's i think i love the skit at the beginning that that mike minky wrote which he just mike writes these up before we get together and i laughed when we were done with it because i was like oh my god that's the game in the nutshell i can't tell you how many quests i picked up and i forget who i talked to and where they were at so um just like the older elder scrolls games you better be writing down notes or something and especially and- considering the sheer weight of proper nouns that are going to get thrown at you. And then I think what's even like, sometimes somebody will give you a quest, like go out and collect some mushrooms, because you know that's super exciting. Go out and collect some mushrooms. They're located southeast to the Dreadwood Forest. And I'm like, where's the Dreadwood Forest? Uh, oh, gosh. It, it's southeast, Phil. Yeah, you know, first I have to find the damn forest. I'm not even sure where that's at. And then it's they're giving you a general direction. Is it is it like a few steps southeast? Is it a few hundred yards? Is it a few miles southeast? I can't tell you. Just how is it southeast or like east by southeast? Yeah. If I'm going far, that's going to start to matter. I can't tell you how frustrated I got just looking for these damn mushrooms all over the place because there's no little quest objective on the map and the directions were generalized enough in this huge open world that it was easy to get lost. It wasn't like Final Fantasy, you know, early Final Fantasy games where southeast was 
you know, pretty easy to find because there was only, you know, so many squares and tiles they had to work with. No, this yeah, is huge. And then, and then you'll bump into a mountain range to live you. Right, right. So your search, you know, your search range is limited in JRPGs for the most part, but not in this huge open world game where it's taking you five minutes to walk from, you know, that forest to the sh- seashore all the way over there. No, it, it was, it was, it was very, very frustrating. Um, evil mushrooms. And it isn't like they lie. This is, I remember playing World of Warcraft which I believe came out after Morrowind, or right after, or maybe I played it after Morrowind. But I remember going get my very first fetch quest, yay! Or And those things would glow. They would glow as far as, you know, so you could actually kind of see them. You know, they would stick out because they would glow. There's no glowing in Morrowind. There's no glow! No. There's, there's no helpful little compass map. There's no little indicators on your map or your compass to Mar- tell you. Morrowind is a hybrid RPG. It's a hybrid of a regular uh, first-person open-world RPG. And where's Waldo? Because you're looking for that damn mushroom. Can you tell, like, a mushroom bitterness? Now, yeah. Scott, you mentioned that your journal is filled with all this stuff. So, theoretically, if you've got a couple hours to spare, you can just go reread your journal to figure out what the hell you're doing, right? Yeah, you you can wade through a lot of useless detail in your journal to find the entry about, okay, so I was in this place with this guy, and he told me to find the mushrooms. I will go to that place. I have to walk See, there, because the fast travel is dependent on these giant bug monsters. It's not really fast that, travel so much as a transit system. <laughs> that is kinder than some older RPGs where you just had to remember it all on your own. I'll oh, yeah. say that. Of course, if you're expecting the important parts to be highlighted for you, boy, are you in for a surprise. But I think we just got that information from Phil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, yeah, God bless people who figured all this stuff out and got through all Thieves' Quest and got through the main storyline. Because uh, well, Honestly, Bethesda wrote the strategy guide for this themselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh. They, they they did that in house, and so it's kind of almost entirely mandatory, almost completely. <laughs> How many pages is the strategy guide? A I lot. Forget. It was many. <laughs> it was it was a lot, but I, I mean, it, it definitely, definitely, yeah. FAQ. Forget. I know there's somebody who's who's beat this game without it, but God bless that person's heart. They were probably taking lots of notes. I, I'm way beyond taking no, notes no, no, to play Phil. video game. Phil. I know exactly how you can beat this on your own without a fact. You are 17, 18 years old, and you have nothing else to do but play this game. God bless you. You know what? You can pick up the Marwin Prophecies Game of the Year official strategy game on Amazon for $18. If you're all gung-ho about beating Marwin, highly recommended. Highly recommended. I mean, I will or say... You can, or you can break your co- your printer copying something from GameFAQs out because this will take a lot of paper. Oh, I think I think the PDF of their strategy guide is pretty widely circulated now. Mm. Okay, so, that's I cool. Mean, hey, wait a minute. Is that part of my GOG perks? I'm going to look it up now. That's uh, a thing to look. That is a thing to look, absolutely. While I am doing that, let's talk a little bit about the crafting systems. Did you do any crafting? I think mostly just to stay on top of weapon repairs. I don't think I really messed with any of the side systems. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Scott, I'm on GOG, and I think we're in trouble because we're kind of painting a picture like this is not our most favorite game of the world, 
but it's got five out of five stars from 717 voters. Okay, if you think GOG reviews matter, Two Worlds. <laughs> What's the user rating for Two Worlds? All right, Two Worlds, looking it up. Do you want Two Worlds, the first game or the second? Yes, the original Two Worlds. The original Two, two worlds. worlds. Okay, here we the go. The game that everyone agrees was terrible and should be best be forgotten. Three and a half stars, 1,400 votes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Um, I've learned that when it comes to user reviews, if it's if it's less than four stars, it's crap. Uh, it's really funny because this person right here, the second review says Bethesda's flawed masterpiece. Now I'm not even read the text of his review. It's a but flawed masterpiece. <laughs> You're giving it five <laughs> stars, not four and a half. Damn it, five. Uh, anywho, uh, let's see here. We have our goodies. No, it, it, anything less than a masterpiece obviously won't get five stars. It's just, you use the word masterpiece, it warrants five stars. I'm going to have to open up God Galaxy. Uh, it says that you get the manual and the game of the year guide. I'll, I'll download it real quick through God Galaxy to see what exactly the game of the year guide looks like. Uh, but yes, there was crafting and I, that's, I was kind of leaning on Scott there because I did not spend a whole lot of time. Uh, in it that it looked way too brain intensive like another thing that I would need to take notes to to really optimize I figured I would just sell all the ingredients and buy my potions as I needed them or whatever but I've heard that you can I've heard that you can craft some really good armor and crap I think I only messed about with alchemy just because I had so much stuff Mm -hmm. like you're just like well that's the thing I'll grab it and then it's like okay I've got all this stuff and I either have to make potions at random or drop arrows so i'll make potions and see what happens oh the game of the year guide is 140 megabytes Ooh, that sounds that, that is that that's quite that, that's probably the, the full pdf then ah well it's it's uh it's queued for download here hopefully it'll be done shortly don't know why it's not immediately anyway uh there it goes uh so we had crafting we have open world I mean, and that's it. Okay, so I, maybe we're. Are, well, okay. is, is there other open elements we world. want to talk about, Scott? <laughs> before open I, world. What, what kind of landscapes are we going to see in Morrowind? I, I it mean, all is look it the desert? Same, right? <laughs> well, it's okay. it's a strange place. Uh huh. And once you get out into the wilderness, it's kind of just hills. It's hilly scrubland, and all the trees are identical. All the trees. I, I will agree with Scott's earlier assessment that it's it's like an alien landscape. Like other Elder Scroll games could just fit right inside of any D and D fantasy world. I, 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 there's nothing that makes any of these other Elder Scroll games stand out to me. There's, I mean, I played Skyrim, I played Oblivion, and yes, they're technically beautiful games. They have high texture, all that other fun stuff, but they're not, you know, very original in my opinion. But Elder Scrolls Three does win the originality, you know, as far as it does feel kind of marshy, kind of alien. The the long striders you you travel use for fast travel have these huge ass legs, like there's some alien from a Star Trek episode. Um, so I'll, I'll give them a few credits there. It's not completely mind blowing. It's not completely alien. I don't want to paint this picture like it's it's way out there, but it's 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 a little atypical. Yeah, I'll give them a couple of points. The the, the cities at least feel different from one another as well. Not quite sure if I felt that with 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 the other games, all those English little huts and stuff. <laughs> hmm. Music, what's your thoughts on music, Scott? Uh, uh, music's nice. Um, I believe. Okay, so it's um, 
it's a sort of a familiar fellow to uh, RP gamers. It's uh, the guy who did Icewind Dale soundtrack, Jeremy Sewell, who, uh, yeah, he 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 brought this to full orchestra. I mean, it's actually kind of me- me- it's memorable, unlike Daggerfall. <laughs> well, that was all done with synth, right? Yeah, well that that would that would have been some terrible form of MIDI. <laughs> Hol- True enough. Holy. And he's stayed with the franchise, so this is the start of him really getting his sonic impact on 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 the series. And he's done a bunch of stuff like Dungeon Siege and um actually a lot of Dungeon Siege and Dota. If you listen to the built in music for Dota. Why are you listening to the built in music for Dota too? <laughs> OMG. Okay. I have found the game of the year guide. And I don't know what is stunning me more. The fact that, yes, it is, in fact, a 419 PDF that comes free with the GOG version. Um, It is the same. It looks the same to me as the $20 or whatever it was on Amazon that you can buy, which may be worth paying for just so you can have a printed copy in front of you. But get this, guys. um, Elder Scrolls Morrowind is sexist. Because I'm looking at the stat, I didn't realize this, but if you pick a Nord, for example, a male gets 50 endurance base, but a female only gets 40. It's as if saying females are worse there. You know, like there's a distinction between the genders. That's, you know, sexism. D&D got rid of that a long time ago. 3.5, 3.0 maybe. Look, every time, I'm, I'm not saying that men and women aren't different. I'm just saying that every time someone says, no, let's actually set out genders differently, it's always about making women weaker. Always. And I don't want to accuse anyone of sexism, but when that's always the case, maybe there's something wrong with you. Hey, but she does have higher willpower. Why? So the men, the men are stupid, but they're stronger. Because <laughs> that's not a stereotype at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. I have no idea what kind of stereotype that could possibly be. I'm glad my wife's not here. She gets very upset <laughs> by this stuff, I, uh, in all seriousness. Um, yeah, good time. What about your wife, Scott? What does she think on that? Oh, she's, she's just going to listen to this and punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like her. She can yeah. send... She can send her written punch over to askwheels at rpgamer.com. So, I, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty huge. It's it's 400. Good Lord. That's a lot of pages for a PDF. Uh, wow. You know what? I love those guys at GOG. They give you the full kit and caboodle for your nine ninety nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Nineteen nine. Holy crap. Twenty bucks. Wow. Glad I picked that up on sale. Anyway. Well, okay. Let's let's. Now, we'll get to that eventually, I'm sure, but yeah. uh, how much would you be paying for Morrowind physically now? I'm sure we'll find out. Um, there, there was a lot of use of fog in this game. Going yes, back to visuals for a minute. That's how they hid their draw distances. I mean, it's supposed to be ash falling from the volcanoes, but animating ash falling would be work, or animating ash accumulating would be work. So it's just it's just fog. It's Silent Hill fog. We can't we can't draw farther than around the corner. So, but Scott Morrowind is an awesome RPG with a fantastic story. One spec, this one aspect this reader really loves is that you can create a character that's awesome at everything. There's no limitations if you want to have a fighter rogue spellcaster. What say you? Well, I mean, 
that's fine because you're going to have to spend like 90 hours doing the same repetitive task to do that. Which, if that's your bag, go for it. You you do that. You sit in the corner uh, hiding from the merchant to rank up your stealth. I'm just gonna act. I'm I'm just gonna hammer guys. I'm gonna hit guys in the face with hammers. Another review I noticed said that you can steal anything that's not physically nailed down. Is that accurate? That is absolutely accurate. With no consequence whatsoever? If they spot you, they will call the guards and you will have to run away. And the guards are kind of psychic, so all the guards everywhere will chase you. (laughs) Can you fight the guards and win? Uh, The guards also spawn infinitely. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Bad idea, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's see here. What What are the other fanboy questions that could conceivably be asked, Phil? I I think you have only asked a few, and that's not like any fanboys I know. But Scott, there's like there's like a number of guilds that I can join, and that's so awesome. I've got choice. Yeah, you actually that's that's pretty true. That that's one of the better options is just running around, joining the factions and finding out what they do. Yay, I win. Okay, you win that one. And I should mention before someone leaves some terrible long comment, spears are still in this game. <laughs> What's in this game? They still have spears, spears. you just can't throw them anymore. Uh, oh. No javelins for you. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Any other weapon types that have been removed from this game? Uh, crossbows? Oh, right, right. I want to say... Okay, this was the last game where blunt weapons were a separate category from axes. So blunt weapons such as a club. Yeah, clubs, hammers. Now, we'll is, s- is, a, is a mace separate from an axe? Um, in this one, yes. Okay. Well, let's see. What else could there be? I don't know. Are, are any of the NPCs particularly interesting? One of them is voiced by Linda Carter. So, you know. Wonder Woman! Yeah, if, if that's where you're at. <laughs> and you know, for some people, it probably is. I mean, this this, this also set a terrible pre- precedent where they would spend all their money on a couple of voice actors and then leave six people to do all the other lines. Well... Money management is clearly not Bethesda's best suit. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, there's people who absolutely love and adore, and we're not taking anything away from them. Scott and I just had less than, shall we say, compelling uh, experiences. There were certainly things that drew me in. Like, there's definitely things that when I played, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is kind of cool. You know, like when like, I took a like- quote. Go ahead. Like I say, it's it's it. Every Elder Scrolls game is the worst Elder Scrolls game, and this one is the least worst. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I do sincerely like about it, and then there's just this pile of Bethesda on top that gets in the way of what I think is cool. Yeah, like like I remember one of my super oh, wow. Oh, this- okay, here. Here's a typical Bethesda thing. How buggy was it at launch? <laughs> I didn't buy it at launch. I know better. Um, <laughs> Daggerfall taught me that one. Uh, yeah, couldn't tell you. I'm sure it was. And how buggy is it now? 
Uh, it's a it's a lot less. Uh, you can still find a few things if you look hard enough or do enough things. You can still cause a few glitches in the game, but it's been it's been patched up pretty well. Um, this is a Bethesda game, so we've kind of got to make sure of that. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me it seems to me it's kind of almost like he's um, like Disgaea. Was it four? A promise unfulfilled. Uh, it, it's like a promise unfulfilled. Like one of the early quests I do it, did that was really wow to me was there was this guy who was looking for a pocket watch or something that had been stolen by a rogue. I had to ask a few questions, some people in the tavern, figure out where this rogue was at. I confronted him, and he was scared, and he was like, here, here's the watch, and I could kill him anyways if I wanted to and take what was the rest on him. And then, So that was a choice. And then I had a choice of whether I really wanted to take this valuable pocket watch back to the quest giver, or I could just keep it and pawn it, or I could go back to the quest giver and get a treasure, or I could take that treasure and then go ahead and kill the quest giver anyways. I mean, just that freedom of choice rather than the typical JRPG, you have to do this quest, you have to complete it, or the game doesn't move forward. Uh, as Scott said, it was awesome because it's like you start realizing this world doesn't revolve around you, and that gives you all kinds of freedom of choice uh, that you you know that comes with understanding that you're a part of the world without being you know completely revolving around you. So that was really, really awesome. But it gets so marred down in its other issues and challenges and contrivances or whatever that that it, it did for me anyways, and Scott apparently, it detracted enough to where it wasn't the most compelling experience on earth. I I didn't complete the game. Didn't even come close. Because all the other stuff that we've discussed just kept chipping away at my enjoyment to the point where I just didn't feel like it was, uh, you know. finally beat it, but it was just a question of coming back to it a year later and being like, okay, I'm going to finish this. And then finding the thread of the main quest and doing that exclusively for a weekend and then getting to the end. Which shows you have more focus than I do. Because I just want to have fun with games. Well, this was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I could beat this. Let's clear it off the list. Check it off the bucket list. Yeah, check check the list, and then you know expansions came out, and I don't think I beat. I bought both of them. I never beat either of them. They were just things I mucked about with. Well, let's see. Tribunal. I'm looking at the RPG fan review of it in particular. For some reason, the expansion got a review by itself. Addressing the complaints of many fans who report that Morrowind was far too easy for their high-level characters, Bethesda answers with a new land centering on the city of Mournhold and the quests held within. Well. Yeah. Was Morrowind just too darn easy if you got to a high level? Uh, almost certainly. That was kind of part of the fun, was <laughs> seeing it how, how soon you could break it for yourself. Um, the, the tribunal is actually kind of critical because... Not only did that introduce patches uh, in and of itself, but it was also, hey, it, it basically modified the journals so you can sort them by quest. Actually, that sounds like an incredibly useful thing. Yeah, it was wonderful. And, of course, you had to download it on your own back in the day. Yeah. Wait, I, for- I forgot. I'm sorry, Phil. We're doing an expansion. There's probably separate release info for it. Okay, so this came out in November of 2002. Uh, on Windows, and um, the release for the Xbox was part of the Game of the Year edition, as opposed to being a separate disc, as might have been done at the time. Um, again, still action role-playing, sandbox, single-player from Bethesda, 
by Bethesda, designed by Bethesda. <laughs> in, in case we were worried that anything changed from Morrowind to its DLC, this just clarifies. It, no, it didn't. It it it, ha- it has happened recently, even. Baldur's That's Gate true. One. Baldur's Gate One, an expansion for Baldur's Gate by people who are not Bioware. Um, but yeah, so Dribunal takes you to a new city um, because some assassins kidnap you and take you there, and there's a different crazy god doing crazy things, and then there are clockwork people, and then you steal a sword and kill a different person, and that makes the city fine? I've heard loonier things. <gasps> the review says it's linear. It's, yeah, it's it's a linear story. I didn't finish it, so I'm just kind of going on the, this really bare-bones summary. That it's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a Bethesda expansion. But yes, it is much like Operation Anchorage, where it adds a bunch of useful things but forces you through a linear plot to get them. Hmm... Whoa, this review gave the audio a 100%, so obviously it must have been amazing. Well, Linda Carter plays all of the Nord women. All of the Nord women. Wonder- how many of them are there? Wonder Woman! No, no this, this is like how, you know, certain category... This is just how, you know, you walk into a town and this person is a Nord woman. So it doesn't matter if she's a peasant or a named character, it's Linda Carter. That's how it works in this game. Well, come on. Hiring any other voice actresses was clearly too expensive. Yeah, hiring individual actors to play specific characters that you gave name to names to, that's just crazy talk. And this RPG fan review says Tribunal will give you an extra 30 to 40 hours. I, I refuse to believe. I, I, I disbelieve. I think it, it can't be more than 20. <laughs> That would be some pretty damn big DLC. Thirty hours. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get that this is old school expansions territory, but it's still that, that's impressive if you can get forty. Well, yeah, many of the older RPG fan reviews are. Um... Who's this guy's name? Let's find him on Twitter and mock him. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Kavner. I hope he. Okay, that's like a really generic name. That's a lot of people. <laughs> well, his RPG fan avatar is of Star Fox, which I'm sure limits it quite a bit. Nobody uses that. Yeah, no one uses that. <laughs> Let's talk about another expansion then, or DLC, uh, whatever okay. we are. Blood Moon. You can be a werewolf in this one. Be a werewolf. Okay, so this one adds a new island. Uh, it's way up north, so you get actual snow. They animated snow for this one. Well, hey, that's that's new. Yeah, um, it's technically uh, part of a border dispute with Skyrim. <laughs> and uh, there's a new guild um, specifically related to colonial exploitation of this island. Um, and this is, I think, this one's more, lo- this one's non-linear. You just go to the island and it's its own island that you can run around and do things on, much like the main game. And it's purely self-contained, and you just go there, and you do stuff, and, you know, 
there's a data prince, he's a dick, you beat him up, and then maybe you're a werewolf. <laughs> and then you get to come back to this island in Skyrim. I did not play the Dragonborn DLC, but <laughs> if if you're if you're looking for that connection, if you're looking to play these two side by two expansions side by side, there you go. But you don't hear that very often. <laughs> and let's see, those appear to be the two big exp- DLCs. Though I gotta admit, Blood Moon with werewolves, that's also not something you hear very often with RPGs. Or maybe that's just me, and I'm missing all the ar- all the werewolf-laden RPGs out there. Which all comes included with your purchase of Morrowind at GOG.com. Or the Game of the Year edition, if you want Game wanted. of the Year edition. I think that's the one where they sell... If you want to, you know, buy a disc. Maybe you want to play this on the Xbox. Maybe you want that experience. Maybe you're that guy. Maybe you're masochistic. Hey, there was an original the Xbox, Xbox version, at the pawn shop. The Xbox version is not terrible, actually, as far as ports go. Play it. Play it on your Xbox. Unpatched today. Well, the game of the year had the patches. And okay, so it's fifteen bucks uh, for the Xbox version. You PC hunt, version, you can probably find it for ten. Yeah, if you if you go digging, uh, the PC on the disc is about thirteen. Oh wait, thirty if you want a game of the year on PC with everything, like a proper collector would want. Our listeners demand the best. Yeah, so thirty and. Or you can get it on GOG and it'll actually run on your machine. <laughs> and you get bonus battle spire. <laughs> bonus battle spire. Hmm. Oh, no. okay. Okay. Well, as long as we're getting battle spire thrown in there. Oh, man. That's... It's massive. Just say it like it is, Mike. It's massive. <laughs> we already knew that. This is Ma- one gigantic game. Massive. Shoot. Well, that one, that one I just linked to you is incredibly expensive, but it appears to be autographed, so that's why people are paying attention to it. I don't know. I suppose that's true. Um, what, what else is... Um, Steve, this is often on sale, so just wait. <laughs> Even if it's not on sale, I don't think older Elder Scrolls games uh, command huge premiums on Steam. Well, uh, Steam, it's 20 bucks as well, also frequently on sale. And if you're interest, if you're curious, if you own a copy of this, you ha- there is a total conversion mod that is bringing Morrowind into the engine of Skyrim. So if you have Skyrim and then buy this, you can get a fancy pants mod through the Steam, through the Steam interface for mods and Play through Morrowind in Skyrim's engine. It's better, probably. So, do the tree do the trees still look the same? I think they I think they modeled new trees. Aw, <laughs> uh, now it looks less alien. So 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 Sky says the best of the worst in your opinion. What what makes Morrowind better than Oblivion? Oblivion is stupid and bad and it see, um, Morrowind cut away a lot of the unnecessary gameplay elements. There was nothing left... There, there was nothing you could say Morrowind needed to add, and nothing you could say that's superfluous. And here, Oblivion cut away even more, and they cut away a lot of 
on things. But they added horse armor, Scott. <sighs> Think of all the games we'd had before Oblivion that didn't have horse armor. What was the world missing? I don't know. At any rate, this is not the Oblivion cast. So we probably shouldn't get too deep into it. I, I, I mean, so this is going to be. Uh, we got, we got to get wrapping this up. I, this, I, this is going to be a glass half empty, glass you know half full type of thing. I mean, I've sat here, listen, Scott. I've been reading through reviews while you've been chit chatting, especially if you go back and read the reviews back in the day where they were a, a, a bit more positive on this. And I think that you're like that RPG fan one I was mentioning. Yeah, I think yeah, I think your viewpoint is definitely going to be kind of like Final Fantasy. So uh, your your viewpoint is going to be <laughs> kind of con- uh, swayed by whether or not this was your first RPG or one of your first RPGs or your first open world RPG. Um, if if you're new to RPGs and you go back to to, to this today, you're going to find that uh, it has not aged well. It's not simply related to the graphics, but other issues that Scott and I have discussed regarding the combat and stuff, since future games have done those individual elements is uh, better, but then you know, for us, part of the frustration is, that's great, but they also took away, you know, in order to do that, that's, you know, it seems like they took away a lot of the freedoms and stuff that you would find in these older games. So, it's like one hand giveth, and the other hand taketh away. Um... But you know it's you know it's really funny is that is that when you read the reviews and you read let's say Wikipedia and things like that it's hilarious how they 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 point out all these issues but generally feel that the drawbacks of the game were minor quote unquote in comparison to its strengths and again that's just going to be where your individual gut is on that scale of things is this your first open world game your first RPG on the Xbox. Uh, probably the only RPG on the Xbox next to to Jade Empire, um, and and uh, no, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. You're forgetting, but Sudeke I think this film. Oh my gosh! Wow, what was I Why thinking? Why won't you let us forget? Why Sudeke? won't you? Yeah, holy. Why did he had not to... let us forget Sudeke? Why did they release that on PC ten years later? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That is something I am completely unqualified to answer. <laughs> I, I think, I think I've gone back and I've tried to play this game several times throughout the years, and I, and I'm like Scott, except I'm not quite as dedicated as Scott is, where I'm just going to beat this game no matter what. But I go back and I say, you know, other people, you know, love this game, giving it five out of five. I mean, YouTubers I listen to all the time just praise this game to death. What am I missing? And I go back and I play and I say, I can see what they like about it but how can you ignore this other stuff that really doesn't work that great it, it really doesn't work well at all it's just it doesn't improve on the previous formulas in some ways sure and like scott says it's you know in his opinion it's the best of the worst don't know if i'd go that far but uh, you know i could i personally was not compelled enough to play it for more than a dozen or two dozen hours uh, on each and each of the three different attempts i took at it i, I took a crack at it um, I just found that that while it did it did offer this promise of open world, open deep systems, and everything else, that the basics started to get lost. Yeah, the basics, which are you know for an RPG like this, are combat and 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 you know the NPC conversation, things like that. The basics were just so you know had such shortcomings that I couldn't you know they took away from me being completely so immersed in this that I want to give it a 5 out of 5. No, I I don't see how you could give it a 5 out of 5. I can definitely see why you might give it anywhere between a 2.5 and maybe up 
do a 4.0 if you were just totally enamored with his strengths. But how in the hell can you ignore its very blaring weaknesses? And I, I, I get it. It's the lens of time and all this other stuff. And this is the best open world game up to its point. That could be argued. But... Going, you know, we talk, you know, we talk about it. RPG backtrack. Whether going back and playing these games today is that much fun, and it's just because of the shortcomings of those basics. I personally would struggle to recommend this to uh, to a new player myself. I, I would say give it a try and see how you like it. But it, it would and be wait really for a, and wait for a sale. Yeah, wait for you. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, Twenty, ten bucks, whatever. It's it's all pretty cheap, I suppose. But um, jeez, yeah, I, I don't know, Scott. I I just I I read people who give this glaring, glaring, you know, reviews, and I'm just like, to me, even when I played it back in the day, I felt like those those weaknesses were taking away. Could I say it did certain things better than any other game up to that point? Absolutely, it it gave me promises that it, that that in some ways it kept, but to me, the weaknesses took so much away from those promises it didn't keep me involved in the game so i i i, I struggle to understand why you give this game a five out of five i i just that's just me i, I could see ocarina of time i could see final fantasy six i can't see morrowind as uh as the epitome of of its time i just yeah that's just me but i'm not saying it's a bad game you can like it it's got a lot of strings to it well it's still better than neverwinter nights which one Neverwinter Nights one. I'm the throwing same. that down. I like Neverwinter Nights. Main game. Come on. I did. That was kind of shit. That was, main game was pretty shit. <laughs> but then again, I'm a D&D fanboy. Um, I just like the combat definitely better than this because it's D&D. But yeah, the storyline sucked. It was so generic. It put me to sleep. I just want to go kill more crap. But uh, oh boy. Hey, that, that'd be an interesting podcast. We should have a podcast where you just compare one game to another. Two totally unrelated games. Morrowind versus Neverwinter Nights. Which one was better? <laughs> I don't know. Those, those two came out the same year. We need to oh, did they really? Out. Yeah, that's why I, I, I oh. do explicitly compare them. Because I feel that's really fair. As opposed to me just, you know, ragging on it in context of, I don't know, a game I liked that came out recently. I'm sure I'll come up with uh, The Witcher 3. Uh, there we Scott, go. what was your favorite game of 2002? Oh. Now I've was given you something to think about. What have been really? Halo. Halo. Okay, what was your favorite RPG of 2002? Or at least a year, give or take. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at 2002 now, and I'm going to seriously give you an answer. What's the epitome of RPGs oh. of 2002? <laughs> Since you hate uh, Morrowind and... <laughs> Neverwinter Nights. What is he doesn't, he doesn't hate Morrowind. Okay, strong. I just have, I have. There are a lot of things to like about Morrowind. There's a lot of things that get in the way get in the way of what I like. Um, actually, no. My favorite RPG of 2002 will probably have to be Kingdom Hearts. Okay, Kingdom Hearts One is damn skippy. The other ones not so much. You, we've heard. We've been there. We've you been know. There. Scott, I would like to argue with you on that, but to be honest, if I if I wanted to be completely honest here, you know, if I compare my time play of Kingdom Hearts, Neverwinter Nights, and Marwen, I actually did stick with Kingdom Hearts all the way through to the end, unlike those other games. So, huh. you got a point. Alrighty. Um, 
I'm sure that you guys have your thoughts on Morrowind. And uh, if you hang on for a little bit during the final lap, we'll tell you how you can share your thoughts, aside from us writing to wheels at harpygamer.com. Um, you could join us on the forums, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But I think we've just about wrapped this up. Is there anything we're missing, guys? No. Nope. Um, 2002 is also the year that Steel Battalion came out. <laughs> oh, oh, listen to this. Morrowind won GameSpy's PC RPG of the Year award, though it lost to Neverwinter Nights in reader polls, ranking 24% against Neverwinter's 35% popular support. But it won IGN's RPG's Vault Game of the Year award, because IGN, that's the place to be. Well, IGN clearly remembered Fallout, which is nice, yes. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I got for IGN. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, 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 but what was RP Gamers Game of the Year for 2002? Never Winter Nights. Oh, yeah, boys, taking it home. <laughs> Both by the staff and the readers. The runner, the runner, the staff runner up was Morrowind, and the reader runner up was Icewind Dale 2 tied with Morrowind. They're like together next to each other. No, no. It's I'm right here. It. It's right Staff here. Game of the year was Sweeked in three on Windows. I'm talking about PC. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can go compare this to Sweeked JRPG fanatics on our website, like they would ever give any PC game a real break against a console game. Except in more recent years, with Witcher when... three. Uh, was that? Didn't that happen with Witcher three? Isn't it on both? Ah, PC game, you know. Ah, ah, you know that that line's been kind of blurred lately. <laughs> oh, but we digress. We're gonna take a we're gonna take a break, and we'll be uh, right back to wrap this up with the final lap. have a return this is the final app where we discuss the kitchen sink we read your comments and more and let me tell you i mean i did not expect the uh the amount of chit chat we got going back and forth for the uh for our last episode do you like this rogue we talked about uh roguelike games uh, i did i you know, i pretty much figured we rogue- talked about a lot of them but quite frankly if we are talking rogues there are so many out there we could easily do more episodes of that sometime yeah i mean i you know they're always very niche i I never really hear anybody outside of a couple of rp gamers saying yeah i'm playing you know some of the games that we mentioned i it's just i I, my my mainstream friends aren't playing this Uh, you know they're even my rp gaming loving friends aren't playing roguelikes it is hard to find people who are into these games but um Although so a couple of the comments somehow got derailed into the sequels to Final Fantasy thirteen. How does that happen? How? I don't know. It's, it's it's our forums 
any excuse to talk about Final Fantasy. We've said the phrase Final Fantasy in the episode now. Oh, and great. even without yeah, any we've derailed. actual opinion attached to the words Final Fantasy, none of us are going to express an opinion about Final Fantasy in any shape or form for the next five minutes before the music, but we've said those words. I've said them several times, and now that's what the thread's about. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There's absolutely no getting around it. That's what went down. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, so anyways, uh, a, so I'll just try to pull some, some, some highlights in there, but yes, uh, you actually, uh, um, see, I'm going to slaughter his name, Boudet, Booty, uh, Boudet, whatever, he did send right. me a message, he did Boudet. send a message saying that I slaughter his name, and I wrote him back, and I said that means I like him, because I slaughter everyone's name on this podcast, and they know I like them, so... Anyways, he said NetHack was always my favorite of the old roguelikes as Zero Dreams for the PlayStation 1. I enjoyed it too. It was a rogue with a dating sim element, which I don't think I dived really deep into because I just remembered I focused more on just getting through and, and, and the dungeon and raising my pets to help me out, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Wait a minute. Azure Dreams, roguelike, we didn't talk about it, so there we go. There's, we, there's we did talk about it. Future. We did talk about it. Azure I talk, Dreams? Yeah, Azure okay. Dreams. Okay. Yeah. I probably pronounced it wrong. so many games last I time. I know. You're blanking out, Mike. You're blanking out. Uh, I didn't drink, so I don't have your excuse. Cypher, yeah. Cypher's like, I love hearing about all the crazy trials and tribulations we went through, not to mention it's great to have an episode where I have to blame something on Devastator so quickly. I think I did that again this episode, right? Didn't I screw up like the introduction or something and blamed it on Devastator? Uh, yeah. The, you were just trying the Transformer? To... Yeah. <laughs> No, okay. no, the drink. Devastator the drink. But yes, he is a okay. cool transformer. All the Constructagons for him. Devastator. Anyways, uh, we're not going to mention his 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 comment about that game, that, that one game. Completely related to the final lap of last time where we just had to get wheels going on something. Oh, but somebody asked, I think it was Cypher asked about where, where he can find that song. I get this question. Uh, occasionally, where can I find the song that I heard on the RPG? You know, back there's track. an app for that. <laughs> there's an app for yeah. It's called YouTube app. Uh, yeah. So no my, the thing that identifies songs. Oh, okay. That that's right. Just hold up that. What song is that app to the? Uh, yeah, there you go. No, you know, usually what I would say in the past is I just go to YouTube. I search for the game if you guys haven't recommended a particular song, and I just pick. You know. The songs the first from, three. The first three, they generally have the most hits, so I figured the most popular. What I ha- did start doing, ironically enough, right before I read this question, I said, wait a minute, why don't I just tweet these as I'm doing them? So, and then I saw this question, I'm like, yay, validation. So maybe, maybe you should maybe you should have a specific hashtag for that so that people know where to look as opposed to digging through your feed. I usually put a lot of RPG ha- uh, backtrack hashtags on those. There you go. So, yeah, just follow hashtag RPG backtrack, or you can follow me at JC Servant, uh, whichever is easiest for you. I'm a big fan of TweetDeck and the fact that it lets you follow hashtags in separate columns. So I think that's awesome. Uh, let's see here. We got a lot of comments about Baroque. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of our listeners are, uh, share that, uh, share that quality with me that I like games that may not be particularly good, but they bring something very original to the table. Cause I'm a collector. And so when people go through my collection, they're like, why do you have this game? I heard it wasn't that good. Yeah. Baroque kind of broke, but here's some things that make it stand out. Here's some things that it brings to the table that are different from every other game. So nice to see there's some people that are on board with that, and uh, some Shirin 
love coming from uh, Mr. Wheel's monologue about how awesome he thinks that game is. So, And I don't remember you loudly disagreeing. No, you know, I played on the DS and stuff, and I thought it was good. I just didn't – I wasn't swallowed in thinking it was super great. But, you know, Apps did such a good job selling it during the podcast. I'm like, maybe I didn't give it a fair break. But I, I think I sold it or gave it to somebody because I don't have it in my collection anymore, the DS version. And I didn't feel like oh, – even even though he did a good job selling it, I wasn't going to go out and grab that again. I kind of feel like if I gotten rid of a game, I got rid of it for a good reason. But then apparently one of the newer – uh, or one of the different sharing games are coming to the Vita as a port. And uh, that's awesome because then I can give it another shot, uh, a different game in the iteration that might have those mechanics tightened up a bit to where it feels uh, more solid to me. So I absolutely intend to give that a try. I love my Vita. Uh, such a great little handheld device. It needs more love. <sighs> Not quite the uh, the portable first-person shooter they were hoping it was going to be, but it's great for retro RPGing. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, so you can read those comments and more over at forums.rpgamer.com. We'd love to hear from you. We do a thread for every new show. But even if you're listening through, some people like to do that whole binge listening thing. If you're listening to old shows, you can comment on those as well. Just put your comments on the newest show thread because we like to keep them all in in whatever thread is the newest. And uh, the staff who runs the boards frowns on. Yeah, there's a general forum rule where you try to not post anything that's more You know what? Necromancy. (laughs) You know what? Threads like House Guests and Fish just start to stink after a few weeks, right? There you go. So that's, uh, that's what Cassandra and I would say on the forums. Yep. Speaking of what people think and what they're doing, what are you doing lately, Mister Scott? Um, you know, just working on different things. A lot of, a lot of, many fingers and many pies. I've got. I'm, I'm playing Fire Emblem and the new Tomb Raider. Which, which version of Fire Emblem? I'm playing Conquest, because I guess I like playing to support the villain who has terrible motivations, and the people support him for no good reason. Oh, Scott, Scott, you're missing it. Come on. Your siblings are supporting you because, god damn it, they remember that their dad used to be a really nice guy, so they're just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's all there is to it. I suppose. and he and Iago, yes, Iago, what a very subtle name for yeah. that guy. And Hans, well, they're just... What motivation do you need other than, I'm evil? <laughs> Come on. That was my thought while I watched their t- them talking. Wow, these sure are evil guys, but uh, I guess being evil is a legitimate profession in the country of Nor. <laughs> I mean, their primary export is just uncut evil. Yeah, Iago, his primary reason for being is to make you suffer. Uh, that's all he wants to do in life. So more power to him, I guess. There you go. And okay. Hans just likes to kill people. Oh, guys, since since we're on the full Fire Emblem talk, topic real quick, because I'm working through, I don't know, the last game still. Uh, what's, uh, what's, how, how do you earn money in this game? Um, Awakening? In Conquest, you don't. That's the rule, is you, you just don't. <laughs> but my weapons are wearing down, and i got to buy replacements. Okay, yeah, he did, he's definitely talking about Awakening. Um, yeah. you, get, you get into a random fight, and you look around for one of the Risen, and it'll probably have a gold bar or something, and you kill it, you get it, you sell it. 
That's how you, you do you it. Have to, you have to do the random grindy fights in Awakening. Because cause I'm, I'm like in a random fight. The random grindy fights don't take long. <laughs> I'm in a random grindy fight, which I'm doing just for the levels because the last set encounter almost kicked my ass. And, oh, I see. So you're saying this one Risen who's wearing a gold robe or whatever, he's made out of gold? Does he have a gold bar or something like that in his inventory that's shining green so that uh, you can get it? No, he has blighted claws. L- look around. One of them will have something in the inventory. And Stab you, that one. Do you have to, like, uh... Oh, here we go, Bullion. That sounds go. promising. So do I have to kill him a special way, or will he give nope. me that... Uh, all you have to do is kill him. You'll get it. Okay, I'm all about death. And all the Risen are going to come at you anyway, so just make sure you kill him. The one with Bullion will come your way. It will die. You'll get its bullion. Okay, okay, okay. Here's another question, right? Is it really... Okay, so you can partner people up, right? They, they can get into the same square and... Yeah. And yeah, yeah. On one hand, that sounds awesome because they give each other stat boosts and occasionally jump in and do a double attack. On the other hand, I can't help but think that I'm losing, you know, an attack every turn, an attacker every turn. Is... is well, am I... What do you yes, think? Yes, you are, but you, you have to weigh the... There are advantages and disadvantages to both, uh-huh. and you have to weigh them. Uh-huh. So depending on your situation, you will group up, and sometimes you will not group up. It's just down to how oh. you're going about things. Oh, yeah. It is kind of rough when one of them dies in one hit, too. That kind of sucks. Don't leave your, that, your that healer. That your... means you need to be careful with that person. Yeah, don't leave your healer or your whatever in striking distance of some flying pegasus that you didn't think could get over the mountain, but she could and come right up and kill your wizard. It's see, kind that, of... That's why being able to click the, is it the, the X button that lets you see the range all enemies can attack at one point. Yeah, That's really useful. 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 Okay, moving on. Okay, keep, keep talking. I didn't mean to interrupt. Just Sorry, Scott. Had, I had questions. You were playing other things than Fire Emblem. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm doing. It's just Fire Emblem Conquest and uh, and the new Tomb Raider, which I, I liked I liked the reboot game. I'll, I'll say that. I liked it, and I was hoping the sequel would be more and better, mm-hmm. and the sequel is just more, and I think by doing more, it's made it worse. I'm, my, my thoughts are not totally coalesced yet. But that's where I'm at right now. And if you are a Tomb Raider fanboy, send your complaints to Ask Wheels. Wait, you you liked the Tomb Raider? I from know. A few years ago, I'm Bill. writing my email right now to Wheels because I think that Scott's completely off the rails here. I just think he's lost it. I don't think he should ever be on a podcast ever again. How <laughs> dare he not say that this new Tomb Raider is the most awesome thing ever? Not that I played it yet, but I'm sure it is because it's the new Tomb Raider. Next has thing it, you know, has, has it sold only five million copies or so the way the last one did? <laughs> uh, probably, but that's because of a stupid short-sighted exclusivity deal they took to earn fast, easy money. That's too uh, funny. Corporate behavior. We'll never understand you. Darn corporate behavior. Uh, anything else you'd like to share? Anything you're doing on the side or anything else on your mind? Um, no. Uh, next review is probably going to be uh, The Curse of Strahd for D&D 5th, which is Ooh. just a... It's, it's, it's a pretty much a straight port of uh, Castle Ravenloft from good old, good old module I-6 to 5th edition D&D rules, which means it's pretty awesome, but it also means I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> hmm... Interesting. 
I was just talking to somebody about uh, that uh, the computer game Strahd's Possession. Yeah. Oh, so gold box. <laughs> yeah, well, Strahd's Possession was, I think, I the Beholder engine deal. Remember those games? Yeah, it, it was still from SSI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's SSI in the gold box age, absolutely. Um, shoot. Okay, well, what about you, Mr. Minky? Well, yesterday I put up a review for Fire Emblem Conquest, or Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. So, yeah, I do know a little bit about it at this point. You don't earn money, do you? (laughs) Yes, you do. Through the story battles where you open treasure chests. If you have a character that can open treasure chests in position to open treasure chests. That doesn't sound like that would win you a lot of money, though. There's only so many treasure chests, right? Oh. oh, and every few times that you give Lilith a level, she'll just randomly give you a bullion for all of about 300 gold. Wow, yeah. thanks, Lilith. That was very nice of you. Uh, yeah, I, well, I don't know. The Kaze, that's his name, the ninja. His ability to open chests and his, his shriek, and those are pretty useful, actually, the stat-lowering thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's how you get money. You make sure to open all the chests, because pretty much always one of the chests in the battle will have some money in it. Or you could get into a fight with street pass people, except the street pass people are all level 40. I mean, you can turn the handicap off, or turn the handicap on, but then you get less money. Almost no money that way. So there you go. That, that doesn't really sound like fun, or is that just me? Uh, it's not fun. It's you, it tells you that going in, so I'm sort of like, okay, this, these are the constraints I'm operating under. I, I, everyone has bronze gear until I, until someone drops a, you know, good weapon in a fight, and that's just how I get by. Hmm. And I haven't even tried that yet because I was trying to power through the game in order to get it up for review. <laughs> Also, because every time I flick on the wireless on my 3DS, I just the the battery drains faster, and I never find anything to do with it because that involves I'm usually in the middle of a fight, and I can't do anything in the middle of a fight, so I just forego it. Well, street passes will sit there until you're done, and then they're just in a corner of your castle, and you're like, I'm going to talk to you. Oh, you're really high level. I'm just going to visit politely and steal all of your rice. Yeah, I was I wasn't eating those berries anyway. All I did I do I do anything with them except feed them to Lilith? <laughs> well, you can also take them to the mess hall, and then your someone at random will make a pie, and then there will be a random stat boost or stat debuff based on That's whether right. or not the character's good at making pie. I built the mess hall, and then I only used it once, and I completely forgot about it because it never has an exclamation point to remind you that you can do fresh things there. Do you all play with permadeath on? I don't have any money. No. <laughs> if I was playing the other side, I would keep it on. But no, I'm playing I'm playing a casual. Yeah, I, I've played Fire Emblem games where I had no choice. Here I have a choice. I choose to lessen my stress. Because I die a lot. And trust me, but in the last fights of Conquest, if you don't have permadeath off, you're going to have some really rough times. They get nasty. Yeah, I can't even imagine I'm playing the beginner game and getting my ass kicked. Damn. So anyway, Conquest. Schizophrenic, there's some stuff that makes absolutely no sense. I I love the main thrust of the plot. I'm going to conquer the world 
and may, thereby make it a better place because that will stop all death. I will make the world a peaceful place by conquering it. No, well, that that sounds well, promising. Guys, I gotta, I, I gotta head out. So good night, okay. guys. All right, thanks, thanks for, for being, being on. Good night. Um, well, that, that sounds pretty promising, Mike. Well, when you go through enough plot sequences of your main character just feeling really, really, really bummed, oh, I, I tried so hard. Look, I, I got through this. I got through all the fights before this without killing anybody. Never mind all those people we clearly stuck swords through. They were just fine. But this time, this one guy died, and I couldn't do anything about it. And I'm really bummed because you know world conquerors tend to be like that. Well, you know, even they have bad days too. Uh, honestly, we're gonna have to have another fire in one episode sometime because there have been a few games since we did that episode. And if I talk about fates too much right now, that does fall under the spoiler guideline because it's a new game, and mm-hmm. I would legitimately get gripes for spoiling things. So I better not. Um, what else did I play recently? I've started Beyond Oasis, which I don't... Oh, on the, on the Game Gear? Oh, because it's through the Steam Genesis thing that you've been playing. I had the original cart, but since, I, since my Genesis isn't accessible right now, I'm doing Steam, and it actually works quite well. I'm impressed with what Sega put into the Genesis Classic Collection on Steam. Well, that's uh, so beyond beyond uh, Oasis. Uh, boy, oh boy, does that bring back memories! Gosh, I must. No, have... no, no, Phil. We mustn't go into it yet, too far yet. If you just look at what's happening on the next episode. But 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 you brought up a really good memory. Oh, okay, well, you you're a memory tease. You can hold on to that memory until we do the next episode. I might forget by then. If it's that good, you won't forget that easily. Yeah, it's only uh, 20, 20-something years old memory. That's funny. Uh, All so, right, here. Share the memory so that we know that your memory doesn't have a chance to break down. Does have a, like, I'm going to remember anything. Uh, yeah, we'll save it. Uh, anywho, uh, yeah, Backtrack, we forgot to mention, our, the next show is RPG Backtrack number 164, Beyond the Legend. Which somehow we're going to fill an entire show talking about Beyond Oasis and Legend of Oasis. Oh, you can't talk about Legend of Oasis because you've never played an RPG on the Saturn, right? And uh, Beyond Oasis, my uh, my memory isn't. Oh, wait a minute! This isn't the game that I played. Nope, can't talk about Beyond Oasis. I think. What it's... are you thinking of? Well, I'm going to look it up right now. Sega Game Gear. Are you uh, thinking of Defenders of Oasis? Oh, let's see here. Maybe it's just Oasis. Oasis. Trying to find it. Defenders of Oasis? Yeah, let me look at the screenshots of Defenders of Oasis. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I'll know it if I see the screen. No, no, no. That's not the right screenshot. I'll have to do some uh, research here. Keep uh, keep talking. I'm going to keep looking. Okay, so uh, let's see here. I rewatched Dumbo a couple days ago. I hadn't seen it in years. Dumbo? Really? Are you good? What's wrong with Dumbo, Phil? Uh, no, I guess it's a beautiful movie. Awesome. No, Phil, I learned something incredibly useful at the beginning. When all those storks are flying down to deliver babies to the animals in the circus, the storks can see the state lines. Isn't that good to know? 
This is why storks are always so accurate when bringing babies, because they can see the political boundaries that we've drawn all over the earth. Wow. Gosh. Isn't, now, that, isn't that neat? Now, now we know. And I had forgotten that Dumbo and the mouse get drunk off of a bottle of champagne that was tossed into a water barrel. <laughs> I guess if you've never drunk anything before in your life and you're either a mouse or a baby elephant, sure, it might have that kind of effect to make you see pink elephants that do a whole lot of freaky things in the sky. <laughs> although, although we know we know that, that will never afflict Phil again because he's far too practiced in the ways of drinking. Uh, um, I saw Deadpool. And did you enjoy Deadpool? I did actually. I've heard a lot of good things about Deadpool. I'm. It's pretty funny with the time. Ryan Reynolds does a good job. Uh, you'll have to listen quick and pay attention because a lot of what he says goes by real fast. Um, and it is definitely a better representation of Deadpool than that thing which showed up at the climax of X-Men Origins Wolverine and had laser beams shooting out of its eyes as it brought down Three Mile Island. Hmm. I think that I think that was supposed to be Deadpool, but boy, it didn't look like him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, apparently Mac is sending me my first thing on Vita to review soon. So, but I haven't started it, so I can't tell you anything about it because I don't know. Hmm. We're getting close to your bedtime tonight, aren't we? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at this. Um... This Let's Play, and I think it might be Defenders... Uh, yeah, I think it's Defenders of Oasis is what I played. Wow. This is taking me back. I'm sorry, I got lost in the in the Taverns of Time. You know, you can find anything you want on YouTube. I mean, there's somebody who's Let's Played everything in the world, I swear. I, I was te- telling this to my brother the other day. Um, so, you know, we were talking about doing this, you know, kind of a YouTube on-the-side thing. And he's like, well, we should do Let's Play. Those are really popular. I said, that's the problem. I said, they're super really popular. I mean, and he's like, well, what if we do really obscure games? I said, think of the most obscure game you could think of. And he listed it. And I did a search and I gave him a link. I said, here's somebody doing a Let's Play of it. And he's <laughs> like, I thought of some games from the 1980s, including like Y-Barm and stuff. There's, there's, you know, somebody always playing these things somewhere. Um, so Defenders of Oasis is right here. Got a big old Let's Play on it as well. Maybe we need to go for things that have copyright issues, like those Mario games on home computer that were made in the eighties. <laughs> well, anything Nintendo Let's Play is, yeah, that might be a different story because they love to do copyright claims and take those videos down unless you're willing to uh, enter some sort of profit sharing thing, uh, which is fine by me because I don't do my videos for a profit, just like we, our podcast is just something I I do for kicks and giggles. Do it for the passion, the passion of video games. Um, shoot. Anything else, Mr. Mike? Uh, not game-wise. I mean, I can I can keep going on about some of the stuff I've watched recently. It's not that exhaustive by my standards. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I caught up with some more Dragon Ball Z stuff. I watched Resurrection F, because Target had it on the DVD, and I figured, all right, I bought, I bought all of these totally bootleg Dragon Ball things back in the day. I'm going to buy something legit. And... I can't talk about it too much without going into Dragon Ball minutia, so I better not. Well, um, 
totally not RPG related, but really been getting in, spending, um, you know, as much little time here and there that I can playing Clash Royale. Really, really enjoying that. That's, uh, I talked about that last time, right? Nope, guess not. Uh, it's by the makers of, of Clash of Clans. It's got a lot of the same characters in it, but Clash of Clans is best described as maybe like a tower defense because you set up a base. But then when you attack other people, you put armies together to try to take down their towers, their you know their base tower, base of towers. Um, and uh, so it's kind of like a real time strategy game, light tower defense deal. This game, Clash Royale, is kind of like League of Legends, just on a much smaller scale. Instead of five on five, it's one on one. But you got towers, you got a core, and instead of of minions going out automatically you pick which minions go out at which time and they have different strengths and weaknesses but once you put them down just like minions in league of legends they just go forward on their own but that's how you do your pushes you're trying to get to the enemy's core that way and it's extremely competitive it's pvp not a fan of pvp but i'm liking it here because it's short it's quick it's three to four minutes um and the last minutes three minute regulation the last minute is double elixir so you get your magic twice as fast to cast up more monsters so it gets really hectic uh and then if no one if you're tied up at the end in terms of how many towers are destroyed on each side uh then it goes into overtime like football and it's whoever scores first because you score by destroying the other person's towers or if you get to the core first they lose all together so it's really fun it's free to play free to download um, you don't have to spend a lot of money into it to get into it. In fact, I've spent five bucks, and that's fine. But uh, it, it, it really is a lot of fun. It rewards careful thought, it's strategy, and practice. So, and it's pretty and neat. How having... much? How much could you end up spending on it if you were so inclined? Oh, I'm sure you could spend unlimited if you were so inclined and you had unlimited <laughs> time. What they do is what happens is it's part card collecting because you. Um, you have a deck of eight cards and at any point in time in the game you have four cards in your hand and when you cast a card another card comes into your hand each card has a casting cost there's a, a magic wire that fills up at the bottom over time so it's really putting down stuff at the appropriate time encountering what your enemy's doing uh, and, and you gotta be careful about emptying your tank because if you completely drain your mana or whatever the hell it's called elixir uh, you leave yourself open to an enemy pushing down a lane uh, with an offensive character can wipe you out real quickly because you left yourself empty. Uh, as you win battles, it gives you treasure chest that has anywhere between 20 and 200 cards in them, depending on what kind of chest it is and what level you are. The chests typically take 3 to 12 hours, again, depending on how rare the chest is and how much it has in it. You can speed that up, and the price is based on... If it's a uh, based on a per hour, six per hour, six gems per hour, which are roughly cents, you can buy, you know, bigger bigger amounts of gems for a larger for for less per gem, whatever. So uh, I was spending money early on, just opening up chests really quick. <laughs> but that's a, that's a that's a that's a quickie escalating treadmill if you play a lot, because it requires more and more cards to level up. So if I open up. Um, a barbarian card i'll now be able to play a barbarian in future games if i open up another chest and it has a barbarian again then after i've opened up so many copies of the barbarian card i can level him up and when he's leveled up he'll have more hit points and more attack the next time i play him so there is an rpg grinding up mechanic involved so if you're really impatient about that mechanic you can spend money to speed it up i suppose 
Um, but yeah, you'll end up paying a lot of money for very little return <laughs> towards the end game, especially. It's not worth it. Just be patient. Wait for the treasure chest to open. Um, anywho, but it, it does. Of course, it, if you have, if you're getting fifty thousand dollars a day, and this is the game you want to use your money for, by all means. By all means, God bless your heart. I do, uh, but it does really reward. Like I've had some people complain. Well, it's pay to win. I suppose if somebody had lots and lots of money, they could get up and level faster than you. But there's always going to be people who've... I mean, that's like that in any RPG kind of game where competitive game like this, where someone could have started the game earlier than you. They're going to have higher level characters than you. Um, When you go into battle, if you lose, your ranking goes down and you end up getting easier opponents. If you win, your ranking goes up. You end up getting harder opponents. I don't care how much money you spend on it. Eventually, you're going to fight face people who've either spent more time than you or spent as much money than you, and you're going to start losing again. So the long story short is eventually your win-loss ratio comes out to 50%. It's rigged. That's just the way it is because it has to be in balanced PvP. Um, so I don't know why you would pay to level up your characters faster because you're just going to go up against other people who are as rich as you or people who started earlier than you, and the game's going to be just as hard as it was before. It's kind of artificial that way. So, But but it does reward strategy. Like I'm several leagues above my friends who have same level characters because I use more strategy in my fighting. And it's gratifying because the higher tier you are, the better treasure chest you get. So I feel like I'm rewarded for the fact that I put more thought into my uh, game so I, I feel that that's really super awesome uh, which in turn helps me to level faster I suppose anywho but if you're any kind of competitive it's kind of cool saying ah, I got a better score than my friend and we have the same level so he has no leg to stand on there what else oh yeah as you all can tell I've been playing some Fire Emblem that's why I asked some questions on that I'm still kind of working <laughs> through the games I mentioned before Dragon Quest uh, Fire Emblem nothing big and earth shattering there I play some more Gold Box here and there uh, as I mentioned before so let's talk about Scott's going back to Gold Box um, you know I, I do like Curses or Bonds it's it's for me it, it's much easier to go back to than, than Morrowind <laughs> but it can be just as um, obtruse at times it's uh, you know some of the complaints I would leverage against Morrowind as far as it's easy to get lost and things like that admittedly it's kind of easy with the gold box too um, if you're not <laughs> careful there's some like there's some dungeons where the auto map turns itself off for story reasons or whatever the reason is and sometimes I don't understand why it doesn't turn back on like I don't remember seeing a story reason why my auto map is not working and it can be easy to lose your orientation uh, in those cases, I've just been following the standard dungeon rule, which is like stick to a wall and follow it around. But um, uh, occasionally I do break down and, and look at a, a fact or something. So thankfully there are people with lots more time in my hands who've already crafted these maps by hand, so I don't have to. Because that's what we used to do have to do back in the 1980s to not get lost. You would have to map out these grids by hand. So, See also Fantasy Star 1. You know, yeah, but you know the, the the tactical combat in that game just light years ahead. I mean, wait, Fantasy Star One? No, combat? no, Gold Box D and D. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to do. So I haven't gotten any further in my video series. I got one show up. I mentioned that before that I was start. You know, kind of just doing this thing on the side. It's kind of a mixture of let's play and a review. It's called you know the gaming experience. Um, and I got one show up. Why bar? which you can go and check out. Um, 
It's at, uh, what is it, youtube.com forward slash jcservant07, I think. But uh, um, that was that was fun to make. And I mostly do this for myself. But uh, if anybody else is interested – oh, wait, no, not jcservant07. That would be my theological channel, which might piss some people off. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what my other gaming channel is. Uh, I do have that separated into two channels. I just don't remember at the moment what it is. I'll find it one day. Anywho. If you, one day. If, one day. One day. Or if you ask me in a thread, I'll post a link. Uh, but I got the first show at the Gamers Experience up um, where we play Wybarm. There is a quick Let's Play of Curse of the Azure Bonds for le- quick being an hour. I was showing my brother the game because I was just starting to get into it and say, hey, look at how exciting this is. But I've been super busy with college and stuff. I'll, I'll admit, I just haven't had a whole lot of time to play games the last couple of weeks. So... But if you've had a lot of time to play games, we would like to hear from you. So head on over to rpgamer.com and click on the forums link on the left to leave your thoughts about our shows and join in discussions with millions of others. Okay, maybe it's not millions. Dozens of others RP gamers just like you who have a passion for role-playing games on the computer and consoles. And uh, check out our reviews while you're there at RP Gamer. We got reviews, we got news updates, we have impressions, we have other content. And the really cool thing about our site is that it's by gamers for gamers. No one's greasing our palm to give them a good review score. And if you don't believe that, just look at some of our latest reviews. It becomes evident rather quickly. Um, <laughs> um, anywho, and. What else? RPG, RPG Backtrack is a production of RBGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. And you can follow us at twitter.com forward slash RPGamer. I'm at JC Servant. Mr. Minky is at you may send. Scott, he is Foul Sorceress, yeah. And um, and you can email me. I'm JC Servant at CyberlightComics.com. Mike is Albert Odyssey at Hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, you do get the private messages through – I think actually the, the way I get contacted the most is through that uh, messaging in the forums. And, and to be honest, I don't check the forums every single day. So if I don't get uh, – oh, wait a minute. Here it is. Phil, you pronounce my name like Boody, but it's sort of one syllable. But Budai? But how do you say that's one syllable? It's clearly B-U-D-A-I. Baddy? But see, I can't say it without making two syllables. Bay? But – Pronounce each vowel separately. Like Hawaii. Hawaii. Badai. That still sounds like two... What what else? Um, so, yeah, you can also use that messaging service. Just realize it might take me a little bit longer to get back to you. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Badai Hawaii and I had a really great conver- uh, conversation <laughs> about some topics there. Uh, in private messenger there so that was pretty awesome that's what i love about this is that you meet people from all over the world who share your interest and it gets into other discussions sometimes and that's super awesome as well um it's a great place to to meet some new friends so that's over at rpgamer.com and we also have other podcasts if you want to listen to those like the rpg cast and the q a quest and that one with wheels that one yeah the one you just mentioned, the Q&A quest. Oh, right. Wasn't there another one? Are you thinking of ATB? Yeah. Yeah, active topical banter. So lots Which of you really... probably would have remembered immediately if Scott was still on. Right. Right. And I wasn't drinking this Devastator. 
Right. So cool. So check it all over. Hey, we got a, we got a feature about our favorite favorite one shots too. So cool. I and, contributed to that. And did you know that XCOM has come out on the Vita? I mean, talk about how awesome the Vita is. It now has XCOM on it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And you can play it on your iPad. I've heard. I actually have it on my iPad. I think, but I'd love to see it on the Vita. Assuming that the text wasn't too small. I'm really not a fan of too small text. I did finally end up, by the way, I think we talked about this earlier. Maybe it was a discussion on the forums, but I finally got Trails in the Sky second chapter. I had the first one on the PSP, but I knew there was this. Did you get second chapter on PSP? Well, I was go, you know, but you have to get them on the same platform, right? Because some of that stuff carries over. I found out. It does. Yep. So I was thinking about getting on PSP, but there was two things holding me back. Uh, the first thing was that you could only download it, and I only have so much memory on the memory card. And the first game, I have the hard copy. Well, I can't have hard Oh, they didn't make a hard copy. They didn't make the UMD for the second one. It's kind of late in the lifespan. Get it, but I just hate that. Number two was, okay, but let me start playing through the first one see if I like it or not. Well, I, I you know, it seems fine. It seems like a, you know, a typical JRPG. Uh, uh, but even in the first couple of hours, I picked up on the Huber, which I thought was really awesome. It's a little slow to get started. But the text was small on the PSP screen, and that was that was kind of hard for me. Even on the Vita, the Vita one, I got that one too. I started playing that. I was like, wow. But GOG had it uh, on the computer as well as Steam, but then I'd have to buy the first one over again, and that, that seemed kind of expensive. But recently, uh, GOG has been doing flash sales, like a series of flash sales, and – oh, no, no, no. It wasn't them. It was – who makes those games? Exceed. Or no, had Falcom. Falcom, whatever. Whoever it was. Actually, it was both on GOG and Steam, but they had 50% off both games. So I said, what the hell? I'll just buy them both on the PC where I can read the text. You know, I'm basically getting both games for the price of the, you know, whatever. So that works. So yay. And I started playing that. I've got the GOG version. I started playing that. So I love GOG. I love DRM free. Awesome stuff. Big fan of GOG, in case you haven't heard. You've I think heard. you may have mentioned such a thing at a time or two. Yeah, they continue to have these flash uh, flash sales. Oh, right. Ooh, ooh, I just remembered something. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick before we end. I wanted to see if I could give away a game. Uh, I'm just going to check my gift account real quick. My orders and settings and gift account to see. Because they have like these sales going on, and, and sometimes I'll buy an extra copy of a game to give away while they're on like $3 sales and stuff. Because our listeners are worth 3 bucks. Um, <laughs> wait a minute, that didn't come out right. Bad Devastator. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Blame it on Devastator. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's just look at unredeemed gifts. All right, how about, how about, how about, how about a free copy of Shadow One Returns with a little asterisk as long as it's not actually used up yet? I don't think, I think it is. Also, I think it's another good thing that Scott is no longer here because he would probably flip out at the mention of Shadow Run. He doesn't like Shadowrun? He, he hates the concept. Oh. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Anyway, Shadowrun returns. Um, if uh, if you just mention hell, Phil, I survived through this. Tweet me, at JC Sermon, the first person who tweets me and says, Yay, Phil, I would love Shadowrun. Uh, I will send him the gift code. I'm presuming it's still good because um, Gog has it in my not-redeemed gift list. And uh, you know what? I've got, I've, you know, I've got uh, two more. Uh, if y'all want them, just you would tweet separately. If you want all three, you might be able to get all three. Who knows? I'm going to get rid of these because I've had Torchlight sitting here forever. 
I guess everyone's got regular Torchlight, so maybe no one's had. But if you haven't got it yet, now's a good time to ask for it. Uh, and I've also got Battle Realms plus Winter Roll, Winter Winter of the Wolf, which is a real time strategy game. Uh, I got a gift copy of that sitting around. So hey, it's GOG gift copy day. All right, I think that's it, Mike. I think we covered all the bases. Why don't you put us to bed? Well, I don't think we've gone anywhere near long enough to adequately encapsulate the experience you can get from Morrowind just going around and around and around the game world and seeing the same trees but not the same landscape. But we can't possibly do that on a podcast that isn't stitched together over multiple nights. So good night. <laughs>